Hey, welcome to another episode of Analysis. Man, can't wait. I can't wait. We have a special guest. Thank you guys so much for your support. It's been crazy. But man, you know, we got to do the intro. Number four. From Racing, Wisconsin. <laughs> Karan. Tough Juice. Butler. I, I love the energy. I love the energy. Right off the top, man. I'm going to have to bring you on the road with me with that type of oh, intro. Man, always. I'm always with it. You know this. But tell me, how, how, did you, how did you get the nickname Tough Juice? It's, it's, it's crazy. I know we're going to be bouncing around all over the place uh, talking about my journey and, you know, my impact and what I thought about this and that and all these different scenarios. But Tough Juice really came from Eddie Jordan. Uh, during my tenure with the Washington Wizards, um, I played through a lot of injuries every time, you know, from, you know, ACL tears to meniscus issues to things like that, um, breaking my hand, still going out there with a fractured man, that's, that's uh, cool. hand. And he was just like, you know, you a tough, I don't know if we censored, you a tough mother elf. <laughs> like, you know, you a tough mother. So he was like, from here on out, I'm just gonna call you tough juice. And I knew that it stuck when I was in the game and I was playing against the Boston Celtics. And this when they had the big three. And I, I did something and I hit the ground like extremely hard and I bounced back up and, you know, uh, KG was like, damn, Tough Juice. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. I said, it's it's sticking. Like the name is sticking. So I just took it and ran with it. Like, uh, Eddie Jordan gave me that name. <laughs> Shout out. Oh yeah. my God. Uh, it's it's a cool nickname. Yeah. There's a lot of cool nicknames. I mean, near me, but that's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So wait, so you were born and raised in Racine? Born and raised, Racine, Wisconsin. Man. Just 20, yeah, 25 minutes away. Yeah. Uh, How was it? How was it growing up here? Yeah, it was different. You know, it was very different. You know, um, so many layers of different. When I talk about, you know, what you've seen on a daily consistent basis, uh, from the second I jumped off the porch, I saw pretty much everything from, you know, drug sales to, you know, you know, gang violence, whether it was the GDs, the Vice Lords, the Latin Kings, uh, you know, um, or whether I just saw, you know, some things from a poverty standpoint, you know, it's so many different scales, you know. Back then, you know, now it's more, you know, rich or poor. Before, you know, you had the middle class, you had the, the broke broke, you had the counter broke, you had, you know, yeah. all those different levels and different layers. So I was exposed to all of that, you know, at a young age. And then I also was exposed to just like, um, high-level decision-making at a young age, you know? Mm. Like, sometimes... I, I get it, uh, Yeah, like, sometimes your, your your decisions at that age, like, impact your life, you know, forever. So I saw, like, firsthand, you know, people 10 years old, like, getting waved into, you know, adult situations, possibly adult court, things like that, and then, like, their life forever altered, forever. Me, as a teenager, I went to jail you know, for selling drugs and having a pistol and as a teenager going to Ethan Allen, but being Man. in the system already, like my path and my trajectory of my path was already like, all right, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna make it. Like it's a ceiling, like he's gonna be an assembly line worker at Incinerator or Case, J.I. Case or one of these jobs uh, here locally, which is nothing wrong with that if that's what you wanna do and you carve yes. out your niche in that space, but you know, those decisions that you make at a young age just impact you forever. And I saw that at an early age. It's hard, I can only imagine, you know, I've I've been through tough situations in my life and through tough things, you know, but I always had my family with me. You know, I always had my brothers and we always supported each other. 
and you know we we kind of the, the lifestyle is kind of different mm-hmm. you know we don't really have gangs we kind of have like want to say underground things not 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 uh, not gangs and gangs it's more like different you know back home but how 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 old were you where are you i would say like when i first like really got like out there out there i was like 12 13 uh i had my i had my my first child at the age of 14 and a half yeah um so i was already a dad at 14 yeah yeah, yeah. i was already a dad trying to provide for my you know, my daughter, because the one thing that I did know is, you know, as a man that grew up without a father, I didn't want to go down that path without being a provider for my seed. So that's what I think really, I was always intrigued by the hustle, the game and making money, quick money. But I think um, that's what really took me down the path of like hustling because I had a child at a young age. Exactly, yes, of course. I mean, you can't, you can think about nothing else. Mm. Child, you can't think about school. You can't think. And 14, you're probably going to almost high school, right? High school? Yeah. I was like, like you can't think about nothing else. Freshman gotta, in high school. You got to like take care of your family. Yeah. Did you, so wait, okay, and that happens. And then wait, did you, when you went to jail, was it like, mm-hmm. how how long did you go for? Was it like. I got two years in uh, Ethan Allen. So I, I periodically I would do like. But the jail, I, isn't, isn't that supposed to be. I don't want to say kids jail. That sounds so not like like juvie. Like ju- 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 I was in juvie. Yes. Yeah. Right really? here, about 40, 40 miles away, forty minutes away, uh, in Ethan Allen. Um, I had a couple stints in in juvenile detention or group homes where they like take you out of the house placement. They uh, they lock you up. Still the same thing. They put you yes. in jail and you're um, locked down for. 17 hours a day, 16 hours a day, you know, you probably get, you know, 90 minutes free time to play cards, watch a little television, things like that. So I did stints like that for like three weeks, a month, stuff like that. Um, And the numerous times I was incarcerated. Um, But the last time, the big time when I got sentenced to uh, two years, that was the time I got sent up north and I had to go to Ethan Allen. And that was just like, I think one, it was just one of those things that really saved my life as I look back at it in hindsight, yes. because I was really out there. Like I was, you know, I was carrying pistols. I was out there getting shot at. Like I was in the midst of a lot of different things. Hold up, hold up, hold up, man. I'm sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt you, I'm saying. So you're 14 years old just, and you're living this life, not living this lifestyle, because for me to say living this lifestyle, is like me talking to somebody who's like 35 and he mm. knows, like you're 14 years old, mm-hmm. and and you're getting shot at. And shooting back. <laughs> and shooting back. <laughs> and I, you know, I, like what's going through your mind? Like what was survival? I think just you know being in survival mode, staying alive. The, 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 the crazy thing now that you know now I'm 42 years old, and I look back at everything this with a a clear, you know. A clear lens. Um, I think about like my mentality and my mindset, and that's why. And I know we're gonna get to this, but that's why I try to use my platform to just like yes. talk to people's spirit, reach them, connect with them, and try to move the needle in their process. Because think about this, and I want you, you know, the listeners and everybody that's watching this and listening to this, to like really just wrap your mind around my mentality. 
I'm in survival mode in a community who, where, where I'm from and I love, but I'm selling poison, right? I'm selling drugs, I'm selling poison and I'm terrorizing the community. But someone from another side of town that looked just like me gonna come through and because of the poison I'm selling, they want the block that I'm selling the poison at. So mm -hmm. they're gonna try to kill me. But they identify me as uh, opposition or a threat because why? Because I look just like them. So this is the, this is the, like, I'm like the mirror effect. Like this is the, like, I see me somewhere else and I try to hurt me, but I'm only hurting us. Like, and, and like, as you get older, you start really processing that. It's like, all I'm doing is killing me. You know what I mean? Whether it's through the poison or whether it's through like my mentality, the way I function and the way that I operate, yes. I'm hurting me or someone that looked just like me. It's deep. You know, I'm, you know, I'm learning about the U.S. You know, that's one of the reasons we started. I started this. I'm kind of learning every day a new culture and kind of understanding through people's journey. Like, man, it's 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 tough. But let me wait. Okay, so let me ask you something. Were you were you making money? Yeah. How much? Like, what was the most money you ever made? I mean, I was a teenager. I thirty. $40,000. So you were like 14 years old, you mean 40 bank, 40,000? Oh yeah, I, I, I had some money. Yeah. Did you did you ever feel like there's anybody in the, or in the family or people around you was like, man, he's getting, you know, he's doing all these things in young age and and just feeling a certain way? No, you know, way? That, the, the, the crazy thing is like, a lot of people didn't know what I had. Or, okay. Cause I wasn't like flamboyant like that. Like I drove around, I had a Regal with, uh, some rims on and stuff like that. But like, I didn't like floss too heavy or nothing yes. like that. I was like low key with my movements and the way that I operated. Did you, did you ever feel like, were you ever scared? Always. I was terrified out there every day because I knew that at any moment, any time, like anything can happen, right? So I'm always just thinking about what someone can do to me but you know, ultimately, because I'm carrying pistols and stuff like that, it's like what I can do to somebody. The fear of like going to jail for the rest of my life because I took someone's life trying to protect my own life. So that always went in my head, but I was willing to do that for, you know, the opportunities to make that money. Man, I, did you, okay. Did you get, so you got caught obviously, mm -hmm. right? How did that happen? Yeah, so it was so crazy. Um, as a teenager, a freshman in high school, I went to Case High School, Jerome Case High School, and I got a pager, like for those who don't know what a, a beeper is. Oh yeah, yeah, we got the, yes. we got the older generation. <laughs> yeah, it's too, older generation. Yeah, so gotta, I, got, I got a pager, like I'm looking at my beeper and I'm in, I'm in my trap car, a car that I you know, only drive uh, to hustle in. Okay. And um, I'm in one of my trap cars and um, somebody had called and said, you know, at school, I wasn't going to school that day. I, I wasn't planning on it. But I ended up going um, and I realized that I had a pistol on me. So I had to like, okay, let me put the let me put the gun in the locker so it's not on me. And I'm gonna go like bust this move real quick in the bathroom. Um, met the met the brother in the bathroom, had our transaction, um, quarter ounce of cocaine. Um, had the transaction, after the transaction, like I'm about to go back to my locker and get my pistol and just like take back off. Like, all right, I did what I had to do, made me 
a quick, you know, four, 450, whatever, what it was 450, 475. I got the money. I'm about to get back in the car, take off. Hall monitor saw me and um he was like, hey Butler, like, like you gotta get out the you gotta get out the hallway. Like, and I was like headed towards the door. He was like, no, you gotta go to class. Like, you know, you you know, whatever. So I'm like, damn, he caught me. So I just went to the class, sat in there for a minute, and I was like, I guess I'll leave after this period. And while I'm sitting there, um, I start hearing like radios and they like, yo, the ATF is here. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearm units. Mm. So I'm like, this whole thing was pretty much a setup. You know what I mean? The whole transaction. Yes. I think the dude that I end up selling the, the drugs to was an informant. And well, that's, um, that's, uh, that's what's that movie? That's 21 Jump Street. That's yeah. that's the that's the movie. That's what it that that's what it really felt like. It, like he was an informant, like got me caught up. The ATF came to the classroom, you know, pulled the pistols out. And I like these windows right here, it's a little different. In the classroom, the windows used to open like that. So your body could have slide out, but I would have been a hell of a fall. Mm. We was on the second floor and I jumped up and I was thinking about jumping out the window, but my chances were slim. So I just, Dang. you know, put my hands up and let them apprehend me. And that's, that's how I got the two years. So you spent two years. Were you were you playing basketball at the time? Yeah, I, you know what? I always tell people the story because they was like, "Well, where did your like love really come for the game of basketball?" I used to hoop periodically, but I was more in love and intrigued by the streets and the hustle than basketball. It wasn't until I went to Ethan Allen I fell in love with basketball because I was able to win canteen. For those who don't know what canteen is, it's like, you know, the oodles and noodles, the snacks, you know, cases of sodas, like you do that once a week. So I was gambling canteen and I had like stacks and cases of, you know, nutty bars, everything. That's playing basketball. Just playing basketball. So like, what were you doing? You was playing one of them? It was gambling. It was gambling. So it was like, I right, bet, like play a game, I get you know, two nutty bars or three cases of sodas on the five on five pickup or whatever. And then- You was killing. Just rocking. <laughs> <laughs> rocking, <laughs> rocking. Some 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 cats out there that still owe me. This day, <laughs> this day, right now. Oh my god, it was wild. Yeah, but that's how the love, like that's how the real like hunger for the game, like like when I tell you, like it was like prison ball. It was like if I didn't win, I didn't eat. Like it was that mentality. So like I took that and brought it back to the outs when I got outside again, and it was just a different energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So okay, you you get out, and then uh, so how did you start? Did you and I go to a high school and playing? Did you get jacked? Like what what's what's the process for you the, after the, you get out? The process was crazy because I had to get back into school unified first because I got arrested at school. They kicked me out of unified. They didn't want me back in schools. In in Wisconsin. By the way, how did you first of all just you being out again? How did you feel? I. I felt terrified because I, I knew what I wanted to do, yes, but I didn't have like a strategic plan on how to accomplish that. And you probably know exactly what I'm talking about as a champion yeah. sitting here. You know, like you you have like okay, this is what I want to do, but then once adversity hits, everybody like get you know messed up. Something yeah. something don't go your way. Like you pivot and it's like, all right, I'm not doing that no more because that didn't happen. Yeah. But it was, it was like, I was just trying to figure out, okay, how do I get back in school? How do I play basketball? And I know I needed help. 
uh, I connected with this Muslim brother. His name was Jamil Aguari at the Bray Center, um, Community Center back in uh, Racine. And he had a traveling program sponsored by Nike. And he was just like, hey, I'm going to get you on the team and the world going to see you. If you can't play here locally and you can't get in school locally, at least you could travel the world. And now everybody else around the world know who you are. So I really made a name for myself. I'm talking about going to Peace Jams, AAU tournaments, dropping 40, like just balling out. And um, once the coaches and stuff heard my story, they was like, oh man, like he went to jail, you know, felon, oh, like they didn't want to touch me. But uh, th this brother, Jamil Aguari, I got to give him his props and his due and his flowers. He just kept saying like, yo, he's changed. Like give him an opportunity and all these different things. And uh, we exhausted every avenue and then once Nike really got behind me, like as like, yo, we're gonna like try to help this kid. My, 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 my everything changed. Like my opportunities changed. Like my door became a garage door of opportunities. Like it just got bigger and bigger. I started seeing the world open up for me. Mm. Yeah, I got back in Unified. I started going to school. I was able to play on my high school team where the team was three and 19 the year before I got a year to play we was 21 and 3 we won the regional champs and ended up going to prep school uh balled out national player of the year there and then ended up going to UConn and my whole life was it was it was game over after that so how do how did you how did the people in UConn take your story I used to I you know UConn was good the the home fans was good it was on the road where you know I got the jailbird and you know, oh, all that stuff, oh, you know, chant okay. jailbird. Oh, all so that people stuff. like in general because you were so known, people actually oh yeah, knew yeah, your yeah. story and everything. Yeah, you know, like jailbird, like you know, I'm sitting at the free throw line. I got, I got everything. But you know, I was wired different. I loved that. Like I was cool with it. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, man. Then you name, you get the <laughs> play there. You get to be an MVP at the uh, like you like man. I can only imagine like Tommy ups and downs. Like. like you can you can feel at the moment, and then then you go to the draft. Right? Mm. And you you get drafted from the like tenth overall. You go mm -hmm. to Miami Heat. Yeah, I didn't even work out for the Heat. Oh, you didn't even work out for the Heat. That's that's what's so crazy about the draft process. Where did you think you were going? I thought I was going to Memphis. Ah. I thought I was going to Memphis. In fact, I got a commitment from uh, Jerry West. He was the GM at the time. We went to uh, we went we went out there. We uh, ate with everyone, and at the time, Jerry was just like, "Hey, we're gonna take you." And then uh, I did a workout. I think with Jerry Jeffries or Drew Gooden, and I had uh, just I was so fatigued. I was super fatigued, like I wasn't myself. But it was because I was just burnt out. Like, how many How many workouts did you? I do? did like eight workouts, but the travel like. I, I was in like Golden State or something, and then I immediately came from uh, California to Memphis to work work out like right when I landed type stuff. Oh, so I was just burnt out. Like, dang, again another workout, another workout, yeah. and uh, the process was different than what you got now. Like, you can work out with your trainer on your hoop. You can send a video in. I keep, you can zoom work I, out. I keep saying this to even my younger brother. You know, people who like a lot of times, a lot of kids will come to us. You know, for mentorship and just talk. And or I go to speak. You know, as a speaker in different events, and I tell them, I said, you don't understand how much has changed. Like from my time, not I'm not, I don't want to say like 
09 or 08, like I'm saying from like 2014, when mm -hmm. I got drafted, I remember I did 18 workouts. <laughs> and, he, and, he has, and they would like, you would be exhausted. Burnt remember, out. Yeah, you, I think I think I was in Atlanta, Atlanta had the Hawks, I did the Hawks. And all of a sudden they would be like, after three hours of work, I'd be like, all right, take the ball now, give us your best dunk. Yeah. Like some stuff like Show that. Show us some. Show us some, which was insane. And I was like, man, this is really how like, it is, you know, but it's changed yeah. so much. Now, nowadays, you see like 20 minutes, let's see if he, if he can shoot. Can he make shots on the move? On the move. Yeah. Oh, like, they don't even want defense. Like, nah, 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 nah really. No, like. never want to see defense no more. And that's <laughs> where I think like the one-on-one -on -one competitive stuff, like, that's more important than anything, yes. like when you're doing workouts. But it it, it was so different back then. Do you, do you, what pick did the Memphis have? Uh, I think it was fourth or fifth. They ended up taking Drew Good. Okay. Yeah. So then you went 10th. Were you at the draft? Uh, yeah, I was in New York. Green room? Spike Lee, yeah, green room, sitting at the table. It was dope. Uh, and it was crazy because New York actually had to pick and they was thinking that they was gonna take me because if you, from New York, you always saw UConn basketball, yes. the Big East. Yes. So I always played at the Garden, stuff like that. So they really wanted me there with that franchise. And, but you know, it didn't happen. But I thought I was really going to New York. And then I got the phone call. Yes. That, oh, that you, they're trading you. What, no, they was like, uh, Pat Swap. Riley had uh, called my agent at the table after the eighth pick. And I was like, damn, like, I'm I'm not going to go lottery? Like, I balled out. I'm better than all these dudes. I'm not going. And the phone rang, and he, like, put his head down. He's talking, and he, he said, hey, let's, let's go in the back. Let's pray real quick. So we went in the back. We said a prayer. And he was just like, uh, you're going to Miami. He said, I just got the call, you going to Miami. I was like, what pick they got? He was like, 10. I didn't even know what pick they had. I was so like all in the moment and they called my name. It was a rap. I just broke down, start crying because you know, it's a dream come true. It's a dream all come those true. years, it's a dream come true, man. So, so okay, so let's do like a fast kind of recap. And now, now, now we're talking about just the draft, not even like that after. <laughs> recap, 12 years old, you're going through all of these things in your life, right? You're in the streets. Carrying pistols, you're going through uh, doing deals left and right. Uh, you ended up, you know, getting caught. Like in your school, mm -hmm. in your school, all of this happened. All of, and all of a sudden, after years of you playing, coming back, not being able, not being able to even go to school, then playing, right? Then, uh, then you have somebody that gave you an opportunity, believed in you, and then all of a sudden, after a couple of years, you're like. You just get drafted number 10th in the NBA, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> Let it all out, too. It's God, it's God. It's yeah, God, man. yeah, man. It's God's plan. And I, I fell out. It's crying. Was you by yourself or family? Family, you, everybody there. Everybody. My mom, uh, we had like 30, 30 people that came up. Really? Yeah. Like I don't know really Close family, you. extended family. The new family you get when you get money. <laughs> you know, all that. I had all that. I had all that going on. Man. And then okay, and then you go to the heat, and then, and then like, <clears throat> off the gate you just start every game. Yeah, he threw me in the fire, but I, I I would say this: I had great vets, and people don't understand the importance of having this great leadership. And now it's not around as often as it once yeah. was because guys just don't linger around at like later ages and stages in their career. Um, but I had Brian Grant, Bimbo Coles, who was like super. Uh, exquisite in like the business space. I had Eddie Jones who spent time with Shaq, Kobe, Man Exo, all like he was 
he was just like so elite in his delivery and his messaging. And um, Lonzo Mourning was still around with the organization. Uh, but I, you know, I had the godfather of the game. I had Eric Spoelstra, where he was at like player development, and now he's our head coach, and I work for him. But like, I just had like a, a infrastructure of so many great people. Stan Van Gundy, yes. who's like on television, who's like a basketball guru in this space. But uh, Man, he, they really poured into me. They got me ready for to be the best version of myself to play at a high level. And and you start every game. What what was your I don't say what was your M, uh, welcome to the NBA moment? <laughs> it's crazy. My first two points in the NBA came off a tip dunk, and that mm. was like I was I was like I'm here. I'm here because the the game was so fast, and it looked slow, but it was super fast. And I was just like, damn, like coach had this play that he was gonna draw up for me and get me like an ISO off the logo because that was my thing, but. Uh, I forget who missed the shot. I think it was Malik Allen, uh, who's one of our assistant coaches. Somebody missed the shot, bounced up high, and I just climbed the back of somebody and caught like a crazy tip dunk. And I was just like, all right, I'm here. So you're like, everything, okay, yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm no. ready. Ready to go, huh? I was like, so now that you said this tip dunk, I was looking at you like top 10 and then highlights. And most of them, like you have some crazy dunks that you like, you know, either go baseline mm -hmm. and then dunk it. And then, but you had some of the ones that uh, I said with the Wizards. We might have been with the Wizards, right? And I think you were kind of playing at the top of the key. Who's guarding you playing against Cleveland? Oh, okay, Brian. And then Brian's guarding you. And I kind of feel like you were, you was probably really like hot. So that's why he wasn't, he didn't put his hands in and he just tried to like body you up uh -huh. and just finessed it and laid it up. And I was thinking, I was like, well, this guy is really like, super, like it was like one of them guys that, Leave, you know, because me when when I when I get when I got to to Milwaukee, twenty thirteen, yeah, uh, you you was you were the guy who you know came to Milwaukee, trying to get everybody to kind of together, trying to like do your thing, and yeah, you being from here, everybody was like, oh, loved it, loved it, you know. So I didn't get the chance. I I never got the chance to see him because I you know I was still in the, I, I went straight to the G League then and then I came and then the next year I came, but the gotcha. next year you guys was what was, was gone. gone, yeah. But I didn't get to experience that to see like you playing, but then I was watching highlights with you with the Clippers and everything. But uh, but then I, you know, I was doing my research, and I saw that you went with the Lakers. Mm. Explain, and you played with Kobe. Mm -hmm. Man, how, how was that? It was like, uh, I, I would say like my time with Kobe was the best thing that ever happened to me from a basketball standpoint and also just life as well because I'll give you an example. Like you, you play this sport, and you know, there's so many parallels with sports and life, right? It teaches you how to function, um, where you're the star player, where you're a support member, uh, and you can take those same attributes and take it out in society and mm -hmm. perform at a high level. Uh, with Kobe, um, I was learning everything in Miami. Yes how to be disciplined, how to stay connected, how to be a professional, hard work ethic, all these things. But then when I went to LA, I actually saw it in real time with a person. So I was getting the teachings, but I got it when I went yes. to LA. The first thing that happened when I got to LA, and I told the story before, but during the press conference, Kobe signs for $135 million. And we're on the left side, I'm on his left, uh, Lamar's like right here in the middle, and then Brian Grant is to the right. 
And he signed the paper. He was like, hey, you, you ready to fucking black out? That was the first thing he like, it wasn't like, oh man, I just got this 135, 36 million of, ooh, of good. Like, it was like, you ready to really work now? And I was like, what the fuck is a blackout? Like, what yes. is that? Yes. He was like, yeah, we about to black out. He like, be here tomorrow, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning, whatever the case it was. I'm like, oh snap. So I get there the next day, we like in the gym, two a days, just blacking out. And from a workout standpoint, like blacking out to like the point where working out where you can't even like, like oh, function yeah, yeah. type. I've I've gotten in a lot most of those during yeah. the summer that you're like, oh my God. And that's what we was doing, yeah. two a days. You know what I mean? We finished our first session from, you know, say we went from like seven to 10.30. Then it's like, we lift weights and it's like, all right, man, I'm done. Ooh, he's like, no, nah, be back at four, going again. Like, it's like, this is crazy. But I did it and like, it taught me so much about discipline, about the game, about having counters, about having first, secondary moves, third moves, like what you do in a double team, what you do in the blitz, uh, you know, just reading the game. And, and seeing it from like his lens, I was just like, damn, that's why he like different. Yes. Yeah, but I spent that time with him and like I took those things and I applied it to my game the best of my ability with the ability that I had. And when I went to Washington after that year I spent with him, I was just like, game over. Like as long as I stay healthy, I'm gonna be all star. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get paid. Like I'm gonna, yes. because of that, you know what I mean? And also our friendship and what, he taught me about, you know, life, just like always staying ahead of it, always moving the needle in your process and developing. Um, you know, from a business standpoint, I've been able to strive and do some amazing things all because of the things that he taught me. And I learned from him in that time in Los Angeles. I think, you know, I don't know if people realize it. So like, I watch his interviews all the time. You know, and, and I think a lot of people go, and watch his interviews and see like what he said and how to motivate yourself and everything. And and it's sad because he's not here to go and I see him in the game and, and just ask him and just, you know, just like kind of give him, yeah. dab him up and say, hey man. So thank you for supporting the family and you know, Always. all these things, but man. But now you do all these things, you know, you're going through a process, you know, because now it's, it's a process too, because you know, you get traded, you go to teams, Get traded, it's a process. But then you ended up winning, you win a championship. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. How was that? It was crazy because it's, it, it was bittersweet in the, pro you know, you, you play your whole life to like be on that stage to get in the finals, win the championship, yeah. right? So it's crazy. January 1st of uh, 2011, we played the Bucks. Now I'm a hometown kid, so every time I come here, it's 30 or better. Yes. Giving the Bucks the business. And I'm with the Mavs and um, I blew out my patella tendon. Ruptured, done for at least 15 months. So, and this is how I knew that I wanted to coach. So I'm in this space where I'm the second leading scorer on this championship team and I blow my knee out. Never thinking I'm gonna play the game of basketball again. Um, immediately, I just went to how can I impact winning? Like, how can I still, like, move the needle in everybody else's process without me physically being on the floor? So I just mm. start, like, all right, all right, this this what dirt need from me, all right? 
uh, D. Steve need to see me like doing my rehab because whenever he like go through his his moments, he gonna see me over there like, damn, like CB do anything to be on this court. I'm tripping. Yes. Like see me going through my process where I'm grinding and I'm rehabbing. Jason Kidd, his promise, he was like, hey, we gonna win this championship for you. Him and Jason Terry right out the gate. So I knew I had to like this stay around, stay like in their ear and keep them like back to the wall, that urgency. And that's when I knew I wanted to coach because I started looking at the game differently. I started studying film differently. I started messaging the players like in real time, you know, every round leading up to the finals. Um, and I was just like, damn, man, I, I actually, I actually really like this. Like I, I really enjoy doing this from this aspect of things. So I knew I wanted to coach right there from that point. But it was special because the big three had formed. You had LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh. Everybody had them favored to win a championship. When I went down, it even went even higher for them to win the championship uh, with the um, me being edited out the equation offensively. But we still rallied around each other and found a way to win that championship. Found a way, brother. Found a way. It's, yeah. It's incredible. So – you're gonna tell you get your ring. What what's your first um reaction <laughs> when you got your ring? It was special because, you know, um I didn't I didn't know there they was going to do the ring ceremony that day. Uh so when I returned to Dallas, they like, hey, you know they doing like they doing it big for you. Yes. And I I left right after that. So we had the lockout. So we was locked out for I want to say two months. So oh, it was like uh, the year. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah. So it ended up starting like second week of December, somewhere in there, and um, I guess we went to Dallas probably in January. So I didn't, I didn't expect like anything. Um, and then I left as a free agent because I had to go get paid. I went to the Clippers, yeah. and I didn't know how they felt about that. Yeah, you know. Um, but it was so much love. It was, it was just, it was amazing. I, I can't even put it in words, man. It was just feeling like no other to be appreciated like that. And I like get goosebumps because, you know, winning a child, I don't think people realize like accomplishing something like that, you're tied forever. Ever. Connected for life. At, for life. I, I, I walk in <laughs> into the practice facility and, you know, they got like the 71 team, all the names. Now they got like the 2021 team. <laughs> Like all the names, and I and I see my name, I see my brother's name, I see all these people. I'm like, and immediately the people who are not in the team, I go like and text them like, hey man, what's going on? Man? I hope all is well with your brother. Hope you're doing good, man. Yeah. With love, like, let me know, you know, and just go and check, you know. And I'm like, we're tied forever. Like it's it's incredible, you know. It's not, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Very hard. And you know the crazy thing too is, you know, you've been in those locker rooms, and obviously we're superheroes when we come out into society, into the world. But you've seen your brothers and your teammates at their lowest, like most humbling feeling ever, and they had, and y'all had to like rally around each other, strengths and weaknesses, to find a way to, you know, forge forward. And that's like it the is. beautiful thing of. You know that brotherhood. Yes, it is. It is, and I, I and I can tell you too because it's those humbling moments. Is is the moments that you know you you're down to oh when you walk into the locker room you're like oh, I thought everybody's like you know shaking up it's like what are we gonna do and don't worry about this next one the next one the next game and 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 how can we adjust you know because at the same time it's not about if if we're gonna win only if we're gonna win and lose 
It's about if we're done, if we when we stop playing, if we're gonna leave with our head high, yeah, and look at each other in the eyes, like, yes, sir, you did your thing and I did mine. Yeah, we tried our best and not and not look away. Like, oh, man, I was just, yeah, well, I, I didn't give everything I had to give, or yeah. you know, so that's the like the fulfilling feeling you want to have. Like, I gave everything I had. Yeah, you can never live man. with yourself if you don't empty yourself in exactly. those moments. That's exactly. dope. Man, it's okay. Do these things. I mean, you go to the Clippers. How was the Clippers for you? Uh, it well, it, L.A. I mean, L.A. L.A. I, you know, I was going back home anyway. Okay, I, I love L.A. Like that's my second home. So, I was looking at it as, you know, a life after basketball move. I was okay. just positioning myself um, to do everything I wanted to do after basketball, and then you know, it became super competitive because all of a sudden, Chris Paul trade got vetoed with the Lakers and he ended up coming to the Clippers. So now it's like, you go from, hey, we just gonna play hard, try to, you know. Yes. Then now you're competing for a title. Chris yes. Paul's there. Now Blake Griffin is, Blake, Blake Griffin. Griffin. And then DeAndre just got resigned. Now Chauncey Billups coming. Still Chauncey Billups and Jamal Crawford. Now Lamar Odom coming and Ronnie Tyrioff and Reggie Evans and like we got this roster. Now Grant Hill's coming. You're like, oh snap. like. We went from just showing up to play the games that's on the roster to on the schedule, I meant to say, to plan for a championship. So the expectations just changed. So um, it was it was it was dope. Lob City was created. Lob City. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun times, man. It was it was fun times. What was, what was okay? So what was your favorite moment from Lob City? I would have to say, the. Uh, <laughs> Blake had a dunk on Paul Gasol. Mm -hmm. It was good. Oh. It, you just gotta. It, yeah, I know. You listen to this. You just gotta see it. 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 I think he caught him straight legged. Like he was just standing straight, and like Blake this, and he just dropped like a oh, like man. a tree getting chopped down. Like he just dropped. I was like, oh my goodness. That it's was like one of the best dunks I ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 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 the DeAndre Jordan dunk on uh, Brandon Knight. Oh my God! Where he just he he caught the lob and he just fell back flat, Damn. like his feet left from under him and he just flat line. It, it's always you know I always give props in in place like that. Not only to the guy who dunked it, but to the guy who like really <laughs> went and tried to like defend and block because <laughs> the one, number one thing they always teach you, coaches like put your body on the line. You know, go sacrifice. go out there, sacrifice <laughs> a man. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that, that like that shit gets you, you know. But you know, I, you got to give him props. You got to give him like yeah, the, the dude. So going through Love City, you going all of these things. Then you end up, you come to Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee, and then uh, Milwaukee that year drafts uh, a guy, year, yeah. a guy. Yeah, drafts like a skinny kid <laughs> uh, from Greece. Mm. Uh, you see him for the first time. What was your first impression? Yes, it was crazy because when I came here. Obviously, it was a dream come true. That was a bucket list. Like, I want to put on my hometown uniform before I retire. Uh, they could have just drafted, uh, let me sign me for a day. It would have been fine. But for me to, you know, be with the team for that year, it was special. Um, John Hammond, who was the GM at the time, he told me, called me in the office, talked to Herb Cole, a great man, great owner. Um, they were like, hey, we got this kid. <laughs> We don't know how good he's gonna be, <laughs> but he's super talented. 
And the thing is, he got a great feel for the game of basketball. But he he needs to like he needs to know and learn what it is and like to be a professional. He's gonna work hard, but we want him to work hard and smart. Like yes. so, he's just learning. So I, I see Giannis. He comes in you know, skinny, and you know, Hack got him lifting weights, and he's on the uh, the TRX or whatever, like trying to work his strings and the resistant bands. And I'm just looking at him, and I'm like, kid is crazy. So they had him. Uh, and he's barefoot at the time. He's doing all this stuff, and then like somebody like bounced the ball at him, and I, I'm not exaggerating the ball. Like he was outside the free throw line. He took like one step. And then took off and dunked the ball almost from the free throw line barefoot. So I'm looking, I'm like, that was different. Yes. I was like, so this is my first time seeing him like just, I'm like, okay, that was different. I wonder, can he like do all the things they said he could do? So I'm me and Nick Van Axel was there. He was the assistant coach. Uh Nick's like, yeah, he can, he can, he can play a little bit, they saying. So we first practice. After media day, everything, have our first practice. We get on the court, and we're in transition, and he's with the second unit at the time. Mm -hmm. He gets the ball, and he catches it, and the play is to be made on the left side of the floor, but he, like, went right first. So I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Like, you know, so I'm like, damn, you know, young people thing. And then he, like, zipped the ball zipped over the ball. and saw the play. Like, he read it, but it was a look off. And I was like, oh, shit, like. That was like, got he's, it, got the, the he's different. His feel for the game is different. So I, I, I caught myself just starting to watch him, like his mannerisms and things that he was doing on the court. I was like, yo, he got an amazing feel for the game of basketball. That was my first impression of him. You know, just like he really understands how to play. Man, did, did you did you ever think that? Um and be honest, you know, this, I'd say this I, all, I, you ain't never got to ask me. Yeah, that. yeah, I'm gonna oh, tell you the truth. Yeah, did you ever <laughs> think that his game was gonna translate? This way, like it was gonna not like how he is now. I thought all star, like great all around player, playmaker. I didn't, I didn't see like MVP, MVP, defensive guy. Like you didn't see all that. You just saw, and anybody that tell you that is no, no, they, they, they no, fooling themselves. We I, didn't. We we always. Try I knew to be he wasn't be good, yeah. right? Because he worked hard, but worked not hard. like like this. It's, it's different. It's different. Yeah. I am not gonna lie. It's uh, it's one of those things that you work hard every day, yeah. and it's like climbing the mountain, and you just you know climbing the mountain. You never you never look up. You just looking next stone and next and next and next, and all of a sudden you get to look down. You're like, oh, I'm I passed more. everybody. <laughs> yeah, just from hard work. It's from hard work, and 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 you know I had a had a guest, um, which I don't know. Uh, he said some. Something so smart and so like it sticks with me. It's like hard work is a talent. Hard work is a talent. So you can't really, you know, this this you can have the fit for the game. You can have skills and all these things, but hard work is a talent, and yeah. it, and it's gonna translate to what you wanna you wanna do. But let me ask. So I mean, obviously that year he wasn't playing that much, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things. But you know, he told me a story <laughs> one time. So he called me. He was like, "Oh man, I I went out and." It was great, but you know, the, and like this and this happened, which, which I'm gonna explain now. That he said that you know he he was I think it was your birthday. I think you want to be your we birthday. Had a party. Yes, he, he, you guys had a party. Who he you know at the time he doesn't know anybody. He never he doesn't even leave the house. Yeah, never. And then he we said, made him. Yes, 
excuse. <laughs> he was like, man, but I gotta go. You know, I want to be with the team. And they told me like, I gotta be there. You know, he's a rook, so I, I yeah. gotta be there. So he says he comes there. Everything's going well. Everything's cool. And all of a sudden, like, uh, like he hears like a pop, pop, like a like something like a pop. Mm. And he said, like, you grabbed him. Yep. And just like put him on the floor, like, hey, hey, and just keep, like put him down. And he looked up, was like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, oh, okay, okay, it's good, young, young fellas. It's okay. I, yeah. It's just, it was just like a, I don't know, a champagne bottle or like somebody yeah. was. But I actually thought it was, because we was at a, a, a crazy little spot. I th it's Club 601. It's, it's this club out here back in the day, it's called 601. It was a big spot. Uh, a lot of people used to go there, but I did. I, we all thought it was a gunshot. Uh, we all like everybody ducked, but I grabbed him yes. just to protect him because you know the one thing that I always did as a vet, like I always protect my young people, and like he was special and still is special to me because like he's like part of my legacy. You know what I mean? Like he was my young fella that I like. He's my my rook, so I got to make sure he's okay. I got to always make sure he's okay, and he came out on the strength of me. And then I also had to, you know, because I'm from here, I had to talk to him about, you know, the culture and, you know, what it is to be a, a black man in America, but a black man in the state of Wisconsin. And what what would you be faced with? You know, he always had his hoodie on. He used to have his hoodie over his I head. I remember we, yes. And I told him about walking around uh, with your hoodie on and people not knowing who you are and now you're gonna get treated like, you know, probably the average, you know, minority here in the state, so I, you know, and this is what happens sometimes. I'm not saying like mm. it's like happening all the time, but in certain scenarios, yes. if this happened, because no one ever had this conversation with him, be prepared for this. You know, what it's, I mean? it's, it's, no, it, you know what it is too is is your journey. You know, yeah. you're, you're teaching him your experiences yeah. at the same time. Like, you know, I've been through this, and I want to help you, and I want to get you prepared for for this. Yeah, anything that happened. Man, I don't, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, bro. I just wanted to say thank you because, you know, he told me, I was like, thank God, because, you know, I'm, it's my, like, I grazed this kid. This yeah, is my your, brother, your man. Baby, so, man. Yeah. yeah. So, just me saying, like, okay, there's people out there who are looking out for him. Then yeah. he's not just there, you know? And I was, at the time, I was with the 87ers in Delaware at the time. And I couldn't, you know, my mom and dad, everybody's not here. And we're both in the US, but we're in different places. You know, we we never know. We never knew like U.S. was so big. We kind of thought, you know, we come from Greece, so Greece is like 11 million people. Like, in Greece, is not really that far apart yeah. in places. So just me being in Delaware, like, uh, you like you all the way over and there. And he's like in Milwaukee, and and all these things. I'm like, okay, he's good. And I always got got the scene when they play Philly or whatever we we played in a in a close city. But man, that uh, really I want to say like thank you from the bottom of my heart because. No you're part of the journey, you know, and- and Appreciate that. And yes, and, and it's true, man. And so, okay, so then what about, let's say now, what do you what do you think, what do you see now? With him? Yes. Uh, he's, I mean, he's one of the faces of the game, if not the face. Uh, you know, now seeing him as a champion, it was bittersweet because, uh, you know, obviously we had to lose for y'all to win. Yeah. No, and, I, and I'll tell you one thing though, right? Because I, I don't thought, were you in the, the, the year before? No, you got in that year. Yeah. That year was with the Heat, right? Yeah. So the year before that, it was bittersweet for us too. Because if you think about it, we go the year of, how to be 2020, right? The yep. year of COVID. We're a team that's on pace to win set almost 70 games. 
we're beating everybody by a differential of like 11, 12 points on average. Teams are coming into Pfizer and they lose by 20, 25. People can, you know, people can look, go back and look, look it up. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, we're about to run. We're about to like just run. Take off. Take off. And, he, and COVID, COVID hits. And COVID hits. And you know, uh, in the beginning, I don't know if you remember, they were like, oh, I don't know what they told the public, but to the staff and the players were, were the, the, the thing was that be on standby. You're going to be back in two weeks. Anything. Anything. Happen, anytime. Because we didn't know. Nobody, the whole world didn't know what was yeah. going to happen. And all of a sudden, we ended up shutting down and they told us like, It'll be ready May, you know, June, July, whatever the case might be. And and it was hard because we 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 came back, you know, get into, into the bubble. But at the same time, they I kind of think they did not tell us what was how it was gonna be. They told us like it was gonna be a bubble. So in our heads, we, we were already in a bubble, but everybody was in the bubble with their families. Mm. So I didn't have to call and check on uh on our nephews and kids and family and say like, are they okay? Are they sick? Not sick? What's going on? You know, you don't, you don't, or are they doing grocery shopping? Like what's, what's the, the daily like concern, you know? And just then, you know, just then going to the bubble was like, okay, now, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna pick it up. We're gonna like, we're gonna pick up where we left. And we kind of did, you know, just kind of trying to get a little bit of feel for guys to get back in shape. But that's where, you guys, I want to say, he was kind of like, I don't want to say built for the bubble, but he was like. Wired. They, it was like they never stopped. Yeah. They go they go there. They ended up going on the run. They like, oh, they, they, oh, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they just to play great defense. It was like every every guy was making a shot. All of everybody was making <laughs> shots. Everybody. So it was kind of tough for us. And then, you know, Giannis goes down, kind of get one. And then Giannis goes down. And then, man. Uh, we 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 kind of hold that. We held that. It was like you know, you, there's there's a in sports like you you can never say in sports like it wasn't fair. Mm. You can never say that in sports because it is what it is. But to some people, it felt like man, this wasn't like how how did this happen? This happened now, and then the next year was kind of a uh, you can say it payback. No payback. It wasn't a payback. It wasn't, a, and it wasn't about the heat. It wasn't the heat because if it was just about the heat, I would be like, yeah, it was good now. But it was mostly about to prove that no, it was. This was not how it was supposed to be. Yeah, it wasn't how it was supposed to be. And you know, the heat went on a run to the year before, and it was great. So we kind of saw it very, very, you know, took it to heart. Like, man, these guys are. We saw it. Gonna kill us. These guys are ready for us, you know. So yeah. we kind of. But then, you know, this is how the sport. This is how sports is like. If you. If you ask anybody in sports, you know, the, at, the, at, this, at this level now, because you know the old school NBA has changed, mm -hmm. it was totally different. You you, you got to always see it as a coach too. Now, it's not even about drivers. It's just the story. It's a story. Like this team, this team goes all the way, and then another team comes and stops them. Then you want to see the next year what this this team is going to do against them. So it's not that driver because. It's not like uh, colleges or like overseas, and you're like, oh, I have a rivalry against this team, but it's more of like, man, this 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 team had the ability to stop us that year, Perhaps. and we had the ability to do the same. So we gotta like really play hard against them, mm -hmm. you know. But what do you what do you what's your what was your feel? I yeah. I, I just felt like y'all urgency was different. 
y'all desperation was different. And I think the quotes that Giannis had touched on uh, after y'all beat us in the series, um, you know, don't play with your food. Mm. And, and and that's real, you know, that's some, that's some shit I learned, you know, at a young age, like when you have someone down or when you have someone ailing, especially in competition, like you finish them. Yes. And that's, you know, that's what y'all did. Like y'all was just, y'all was, y'all was the better team. It, it, and I think Holiday really like took y'all over yes. the top because yes. you 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 had the you had the playmaker and the engine and the head of the snake and Giannis, but Holiday was the other playmaker and shot maker down the stretch that really like won y'all the Brooklyn series. Uh, he hit some huge huge shots. Middleton always did his thing like he was clutch, but yes. I felt like. You have Giannis like constantly attacking, and now you have uh, Middleton doing his thing, and he's demanding a double team if you don't guard him because he's so fundamentally sound, especially yeah. like 15 in. And then now you have Holiday that's not Eric Bledsoe no more. No knock to Eric, but that was my rookie too. But Eric couldn't shoot the ball from outside like Holiday. He couldn't play make and have the brain speed in those moments like yeah. Holiday did, and he just like really – Took y'all over the top. Yes, hundred percent. That, but this is what I'm saying too. Like that to to Eric, you know. But like I, when I came, bro, this was, was unfair to him too. This guy was having a great season, bro. People didn't want to even want to see him on the court, and then just the bubble to hit us like that. I mean, the COVID to hit us like that was, you know, unfair. It's like not unfair, but it is. It is. It is what it is. But you know, you said something about Giannis and, and the court. You know, was really like one of the keys to the, that series because every season was different, mm -hmm. completely different. Mm -hmm. We go to you guys' series, the most physical series we had. That was the most physical series we had on the entire run. It was the Miami series, and 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 all of a sudden, even though it went like for for one or for zero, I, I can't remember. It was the most physical series because and mentally. You know, hard because of the year before. Mm -hmm. The year before, and it was kind of those things that that were like I don't know if you remember. It was it was those things that we were, we were third or second. And they were like, oh, they don't want to play he or it was kind of like we're yeah. gonna play them and not they play like, them. They don't want to match up with us. Yeah, yeah. And, and and at the same time we were like, we, you know, this is the outside. So you know, me not media, but like just like the outside fans and whatever have their own perspective. But playing wise, it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When you have a great team, you have a great team. It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, matchups match matter do, do going towards the stretch. But in a series, if you're a better team, you win. Let me Seven ask you games. this, though. Like, as a player in that locker room, because yes. this, this happens a lot in competition, but not getting too far ahead of yourself, but when y'all won that series, did y'all yes. think y'all won the championship? Uh, no, no, no. What we thought happened is that kind of said to ourselves, this is what's suppo was supposed to happen. Yeah. Because of the year before, this was supposed to happen. We were supposed to go there, play hard, match the intensity, match the, their effort, and win, and win. So this is what's the feeling. Now, going to a series with, or with teams like, you know, like, like Brigham, like we was like, you know, now, is is uh is whatever these teams now from now on you know after the first round you know every team's good ain't no ain't no ain't no different now right. like now whoever wins might go to the finals yeah that's that's how that's that's the feeling but I'll tell you it was the most physical feeling and all of a sudden you know you go from this 
then go down being 2 0. Then we go the next season, we're down 2 0. So, then he just started. Went well, on the run. On the run. But, like, hey, but it's, it's, it's incredible how, like, the, the dynamics shift and change. And, and the playoffs are an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. The playoffs are amazing, man. He really brings your true character out. And, and, then, and in most cases, uh, if you have some losses in the playoffs or in the finals or, you know, semifinals, Usually the next year it brings out your character and who you want to be and what you want to do, you know. So yeah, hundred percent. But what do you, what do you, how do you see it as a coach though? Now, I mean, I'm, I, you've seen the playoffs as a player. Mm-hmm. Now as a coach, any it, difference? Uh, you know what? I think obviously I always thought like this as an offensive player, like playing the game. As you know, they always say playing the game of chess, like staying ahead of the moves. Yeah. But it's just like always trying to uh, think of the schemes and how to out scheme the other team. Like, yes. for instance, you know, the, the way that y'all play Lopez and the drop coverage and, you know, what are some of the things, solutions to, like, offset that? Yes. Um, some of the things that, you know, y'all do with Holiday, with whoever is rolling offensively and the way that y'all use him as a weapon to try to, you know, slow people down and his physicality yes. and kind of feed off that, like, it's just like, how do you use that aggressiveness to your advantage and offset it? Now I can't tell you how. No, no, no. You don't. Like I can't tell you the whole thing. But I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, you watch all that stuff, and then you're just I like, okay. You, even, you. even Giannis, like, and I, like, I hate to do it, but I, I started it, like the the whole ten second count. It's good. I was but the you, first but, person to do that. But you know what's so funny? <laughs> what? That's what helped him. Exactly. Yeah. And no, and no, I was and the no. first person to do and that. I, 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 don't I got know. the violation. You got the violation. You did. You did get the violation. That's, that's I didn't get the credit for it, though. That everybody was like, <laughs> everybody started doing it next season. And I was like, I was the first person to ever do that. Yeah, you did, you did. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. And I don't think people realize this. Like, that actually helped him. Nah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but it did. It did help yeah, him. It, t- it made him take, because I felt like he was, he was rushing it, it was time. like it was like one one thousand, two one thousand, and then just took three, time. and he'll shoot it, and it's like, oh shit, that was a bad shot. But now he's like, <sighs> click, and then he's taking, and I'm like, damn, man, he's making the shot now. Like, oh man, yeah, it's, it's uh, so. <laughs> let me give you an example. Why? Why did sometimes like I laugh, like I don't lie, but I'm just like, it, it, I look at it funny, right? When teams go like, oh my god, he's on, he's going to the line all the time. I mean, you're trying to foul him. He's getting hit a lot. No, but no, but it's not only getting hit. Like you literally, because you think you are you his like percentages say, is lower. His lower or however you want to call it. You kind of want to foul him, but right? but he's a he's he's a he's a abuser offensively. Yes. If that make any sense to like anyone listening or watching it, he is 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 probably three players in the whole league that will beat you up offensively. Offensive, not even defensive. Not defensive. Offensive. Offensively, like their game is just like just hitting you. So you like you're and you're just gonna follow. Um, obviously, he's one. Uh, Joker is like he's like that in a different way where he's just giving you like all his body yes. so much. Um, and and and, it, and it's a couple other guys out there that you know, young LeBron was like Same violent, thing. like yeah. this. Transition. He was just a machine going downhill every time, uh, but it's it's a few guys like that. But Giannis, oh, and Julius Randle, we just played him in uh, New York. Like he's so physical. Him and Brunson, 
they're they're just like they're just pounding you aggressively yeah. offensively with their game. But you, you got to call something because it's a lot of contact. Exactly, being made. exactly. And and then and you know, so there's certain players who like don't can't. It's not players who don't flop, but can flop. Yeah. They just don't know how to, you know. And certain people know know how. Like, oh, okay, now, not. And I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to use the word flop lightly. I want to say, know how to show the foul, yeah, show the contact, you know. And some other players can't. Yeah. Just, they're just like, well, you know what? I'm going there. That's, That's where I'm going. It's a now, tough. Now, is it that you can meet me there, or it's right. what I'm going there? Though. So it's it's one of those things that it's very very. That's why it's so difficult to to uh, officiate or to. And especially if somebody, because you know, if you're kind of slow, it's easy to officiate. If you're doing this, it's kind of like, okay, I can see he's getting fouled, like if he's going slow. But if you're going fast, like boom, 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 are you trying to coast to coast? You're like a blur. I'm, I'm trying to. It's tough. It's, it's hard. So I, I kind of, I kind of see that too. But, (laughs) but man, I, you know, we have like all this time that we, you know, the watch film where we like. Kind of strategize like different different things that we get better, but man, he's he like he's and obviously you know I'm kind of bi- I want to say bias at the same time, but it's it here what I'm saying like the way he he's he he approaches things and the way he like picks up people is is different. Not that with the like oh come on let's go, just the you see him and you're like I got I have to follow like I gotta. Keep up. I got to follow this guy. He'll go, let me tell you a sequence, right? He'll go score a shot, come block a shot, come down, everybody close, laser pass to the corner, shot, come back down. Uh, somebody goes to defend, all of a sudden activity. He leaves his man from the from the three. You you think you're in the paint. You don't even see him. And he puts his hand up. You're like, oh. So so you're like, man, I got to keep up. This guy is not the the the... I'm just gonna play offense, guy. Yeah. I'm just gonna like pick my spots. This guy do take do, does everything it takes to win. So yeah. like, I gotta follow him. So he's carrying it. Yeah. yeah. No, not and not yes. It's just the 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 feel of man. This I can't let him down. You know, not not in a pressure way, but just like I gotta yeah. play hard. I gotta follow this this, this guy. That's why I'm happy for the the people we have as a collective in Milwaukee too. You know, from Bobby Portis to Drew, to Drew Holiday, all these guys. You know, but to the actor, the one you said before about the series between the Heat and uh, Milwaukee, Brian Forbes, Brian Forbes He's made a lot of shots. <sighs> made a lot of shots. Brian Forbes, yeah, man, man. this kid was, was special. Uh, special. You got him paid. Yes, I did. The series got him paid. That's good. That's good though. That's good because yeah. that's why you, <laughs> no, no, that, that, but that's the whole goal. Like you want to be in teams, yeah. and you can, and that's the ultimate goal because we all play basketball. You know. Win a championship, you know, make some money for your family and everything. But man, okay, so now we get to, to the section I have that's more like a kind of educational. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you some facts, and uh, you're gonna tell me if uh, if you know if you knew any of these facts, right? I've asked another guest about this kind of the same one, but I want to see if you if you know this, right? So the fir- the first fact it's about bananas. You eat food? Oh shit! Yeah, I do. Okay. So, do you know why uh, bananas are curved? No. Bro, this fact is going like. <laughs> so, so bananas, when they grow, they go through a, how do they call it? They call it like negative geotropism. 
right? But what happens is uh, what that does to the fruit, it, it makes it uh, grow towards up, towards the sun. So that's why it's like curved. Oh, man, okay. <laughs> that's new. Fun you, fact. Did you know that? I did not yes. know that. That's one. That's not a one. one I did zero. not know that. <laughs> I had to ask my daughter. She probably know that shit. I didn't know that one. Okay, okay, okay. I'm actually another one. Let me ask you another one because I asked this one before. Let me see if you know this, right? Do you shop? Do you shop? Do you like shopping? You shop? Clothes? Okay. Yeah, in general. Like, yeah, yeah, shop. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Did you know, like, that men get bored in, like, in the span of, like, 26 minutes? To go shopping, that's that's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Why why do you say that? Did you get the? I don't like because I think it's something particular that I want and and I know exactly what I desire when I go shopping. Yes. So I'm real efficient with my time. Uh -huh. Whereas when I go places with my wife and I've done this in real time and I got four girls. They don't know what they want. They know they want <laughs> something, but they don't know. So they got to look at everything. Wow, so you out there like so it's time consuming and it takes like three hours. <laughs> At so least. The, so that the first 30 minutes you I'm I'm done already. I'm like, I'm gone. <laughs> Go smoke a cigar in the back or something. But yeah. they they take a lot of time. So you knew that. Okay, it's one one. One one. You knew that. You knew that one. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna give you one about polar bears. So did you know like like polar polar bear could eat? Like ten penguins in in one sitting? Nah, I did not know that. How crazy is that? Though? That's that's sick. That's insane. Can you okay, just watch this man <laughs> like a polar bear right now, right? And could eat like a penguin has to be this size, right? This this size, kind of. Could eat ten of them? Ten penguins in one sequence. That's that's a whole like. I, I gotta ask her. <laughs> I gotta come here. I gotta ask her that. Can she hear us? Yeah, I think so, no? Or is this the audio? Can she hear? Or is the audio? Come here. Tell her the banana one. Listen, tell her the so banana did, one real quick. Did you know why the like bananas are curved? So they go through like a process with, with it, you know, in back, which is called the uh, geotropism that makes the fruit grows towards, towards, up, the, towards sun. the sun. That's why, that's why, that's why. You didn't know that? No. Okay, I don't feel bad no more now. Okay. Yeah, it's it's called yeah, it's called like a what's it called? Negative geotropism. There you go. Negative geotropism. See, I felt I felt real stupid right here. Like, no, 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 no. But this is like facts. This is like uh, facts like, that people are not like, supposed here, to know. <laughs> so, all right, all right. We all will do, baby. Oh my god. Okay, so now like I'm gonna, so I'm gonna ask you some questions, and then it's not oh. wrong or right. She kind of feel like just to see how you are as, as a person. So if you had the world's attention. Right for like thirty seconds, what would you say? Uh, I would talk about um, social issues, uh, uh, us as collectives. You know what we can do better. Um, I, I feel like when we take politics, when we take our own uh, gains out of it, and just think about what's best for humanity across the board—black, white, everything in between. Um, it seemed like the objectives can just be so much simpler. So like, if I had the world attention, I would just talk about social issues, about- Remember, you got 30 seconds now. Yeah, I, I would really <laughs> dive really into like, I would make sure my talking points are really like crisp and just really tap into that because think about it. Whenever people do get time, they avoid the question. 
Mm. So let's really talk about the realities of the world and how we can move the needle in every body process to you know make this thing better. That's that's that's, that's so true. That's so true. Now, okay, let me let me. You wanted me to sell a product in thirty seconds, huh? No, I, I don't need no more money. I, I'm trying to like this, like <laughs> try to be better. Sell a product, but you know, like so you go and you see like Fox News or I don't want to give Fox News. I want to say ESPN. Bali uh, Sports, you see all these like networks, right? And they have like sportscasters. They they tell the story in twenty seconds. They got twenty seconds, and they gotta go. Boom, 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 boom. And he scored fifty three points. Blah, 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 blah. And he did this, that, that. You have boom. your talking points. You trim your thoughts. So like, if you had thirty seconds, because I went to Syracuse Broadcasting School. Oh, for, okay. uh, yeah, I did it two years in a row. And before I crossed over into the broadcasting space, you know, it teaches you those things. So like, if I had thirty seconds where I could articulate my thoughts. I would really have like very, very like slim key talking points to get that messaging across. It's 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 an art. It's an art. Okay, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you with another one. If you could be a member, right, of a family TV like sitcom, <laughs> what would it be? Uh, that's crazy. I would have to say uh, Wonder Years. Wonder Years. I've never watched that. See, I get to learn more things. I'll, I'll put it. It's, so I can it's watch classic. It. Wonder you. Who you yeah. be? Not, okay. What was the name, main character? Peter or uh, Paul or whatever? Yeah. Whoever the main character was, that's who I would be. Okay. Why? I don't know. I just, I felt like he was the first person I felt narrated his life, whether it was Wendy, his girlfriend, whether it was like whatever circumstances he was going through. Like you saw it, the visual, but you also saw the narration of yeah. like his thoughts and what he was thinking. And I just thought that was a interesting concept yes. on how they went about that. Now, now that you said uh, uh, girlfriend and, and everything, what? <laughs> oh my God, okay, I, no, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you. I'm mean, gonna put you on the spot. So what's the most, not exaggeration, but more like uh, something you've said to impress like your crush? My wife? Yes. What, something I said to- Like impress her, like you were like, ah. Uh, <laughs> Cause I'm not a, I'm not like a, I am an emotional person. But you keep it real, so I know. My I'm energy, but like my energy, let you know that I'm emotional cause I show you that I care. But I, uh, when I elaborated on the layers of why I love her, mm. like that just, she was blown away by that. She was like, you, like, I was talking to her just like okay. to her soul, just letting her know how much I love her, why, why I appreciate her. Because sometimes I think it, it gets old over time, right? Yes. Uh, and, and, and you, you know, you have to continue to reinvent yourself in that space. All the time. I think, I think that's the hardest part of it. And, and you know, just you playing and then like, you know, coming to, to outside of basketball to your family and saying like, you want to create something because we create a legacy on and off the court. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's really important. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you this last one before we move on. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, three thoughts. You know you're the third person that said this? Yeah. Why? Uh, I, I think that we, like we're, we're caught up in a society where we just assume everything. It's less communication. It's more like this assumptions, and I would love to just, because people are, aren't brave enough to tell you what they really feel all the time. So it's just like, 
it'll be dope if I can just look at someone and just be like, damn, for real? Like, that's how you feel? And not maybe it can help me be better. I don't it know. Would definitely, if you were a coach and you could tell mm-hmm. what the other team's uh, players about to do, you'd be like, oh, yeah. corner, corner, watch, watch. <laughs> I watch enough film anyway. I, like, he coming, <laughs> he coming, he coming up. Or, tendencies. You know, whatever the case. Yeah, just all the tendencies. What do you, so what has been the hardest thing about you not being a coach? That I think uh, your relatability like is is dope because it's like your former player, you you have expectations, but I think that's probably like the hardest thing too because you have expectations and you know sometimes you might be like, damn, like you couldn't you couldn't get the ball or you couldn't get the yeah. deflection. And it's like no, I couldn't I couldn't do both. I had to. You like I I did it. Like yes. I know you could do it. Like you know what I'm saying. So it's like one of those things. But then it's also. You know, some sometimes you have to just continue to pour into people because people are limited in those spaces and you have to help them get better in that spot or that space. You know what I mean? So that's the thing that I love doing from a film standpoint, from the walkthroughs, whether it's, you know, at the hotel or, you know, flying into a city, spending an extra three hours in the gym, uh, moving the needle in someone's process. Like it's those are things in the times that I really love. Like the games are just, you know, there's competition, it's the competitive side of it, it's the business side of it, but nice. the preparing for all of that is what I fell in love with. Man, you have you've had so much success. You had so much success as a as a as a player in college and mm-hmm. in, in the NBA in the pros and uh and now as a coach, man, for the Heat like historically amazing franchise and do you ever think, okay, did you, like like the people you grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever had like a thing that, you know, you just maybe you stopped talking with some people or it was more like, you know, I'm, I'm moving, like just, you know, some people are grow people in general. Like that's that's a thing too. But you've ever had the instance like, man, I really had to like, just keep it going. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I think that a fake smile is worse than a mean mug. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, it really is. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want fake energy around me. Uh, I don't pursue like to have an audience that I don't love and desire to be around. Like I'm just, I'm a person about like constantly evolving yes. and moving the needle in my process. And you know, if I decide that you need to be edited out my life, so I can do what I'm trying to accomplish, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Mm. I know what I do need and I know what I don't. So let me, let me ask you another question then. You know, you've been successful and obviously when you, when you have success, money comes, mm-hmm. finances. Do you ever had anybody, and you know, I, I, the reason I ask you this, you know, because we have a lot of, not only our fans or people who are into finance and business and people who are around players, but we have a lot of players and kids in college and high school and kids in the, guys in the NBA and they're they want to, they're going through the same journey in a different way, but it's, it's still the same. Did you ever had people you know they ask you for money or you just say like you know what? Uh, not to have the feeling of entitlement, but being entitled to your you know that's not always money, but to you, yeah, you as a person, to your time, to like you're supposed to come see me or you're supposed to just you. Yeah, always. I, I think that outside of family and outside of the general things that I've always done, a creature. Yeah, family's family. It's, uh... Family's family. But like the new, 
infrastructures of people trying to come and trying to get access to you. It's just like if you go to Wells Fargo and you want to talk to the, the president of the bank or, bank or the, the branch Prison. manager, what is the process of doing that? You got to set an appointment. Yeah. You're only going to get a limited time. Yes. You got like, so you have to look at yourself as this entity and as this business to be like, all right, I'm going to open up some space to talk. If you want to, yes. I'm going to talk to you for 60 minutes or 30 minutes or 15 minutes. That's all I got. If the idea don't register with me, then like, that's it. Like that's business. Like, and we can't. Yeah, that's the business side of it. Yeah, yeah, that's the business side of it. Like, you have to treat yourself like that because, like, time is, like, it's not on our side. It's, oh, yeah, and, and, 100%. And, and it's more consuming now than anything. You know what I mean? So, like, you got to process that. Yeah, but what about the emotional part of it? It, it is what it is, bro. You know, they <laughs> it'll drive you more fucking crazy if yeah. you made time and keep making time for something that you really don't want to make time for. That would drive you more crazy than just saying no out the gate and being done with it. Mm. Save yourself that energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that to yourself. You heard what this man said. You heard, you heard what this man said. Driving more crazy if you don't say no. Yeah, just say it out the gate. Like, why entertain something that you really like? It's, you know, it's, it's draining just, you. It's just, you know, everybody has their own way of not coping with their own way of talking to people and saying, you know, sometimes people don't want to say no. Yeah. And, and, and this is what it is, but I, I've learned kind of the same way just because we've been so tight as a, as a family. I kind of learned like- You have to be direct, bro. Be be direct and, and be direct at the same time and be helpful. Like I'm in your corner, but I'm just saying like, it won't change nothing right now, yeah. you know? But okay, what about business? What's, what's your, like, what is, what is uh, your future future looks looks like outside of basketball. I kind of saw you had a podcast. Kind of yeah. saw your interviews yeah. too. I did, you know, I did podcast and I did that for like two years. Um, well, probably three years when I first retired. I just had like a whole bunch of conversations that I wanted to get out there, like informative conversations about financial literacy, about teaching, my process of writing books. Like I, I did all that, so I was just like, I want to give that. I want to give that free game to know whoever listening on my platform and um you know so i went down that process the community center that changed my life that i uh hone my skills at you know i now own it uh you know going into the franchise space you know from burger kings to you know being an equity partner owner of the graduate hotels uh like i said writing the books owning close up 360 which is an entertainment uh company where we create documentaries and content like i've done all these things and, you know, being heavy in real estate as a landlord in the Racine region, you know, where we're developing through opportunity zoning. So it's it's been fun um, being able to have, you know, the the access to some of these things. And yes. I'm just trying to eventually in the future just continue to enhance it. Yes. Um, you know, and, you know, build up my community and keep growing. Man. Man, it's, and you're doing it. Amazing job. Thank you. I don't, I don't know what to call you. Uh, Quran coach. <laughs> I don't like you. My brother. My brother. My, my brother. brother. You're doing a great job, brother. Thank you. You're doing a great job. And now, this is how kind of we would actually to a last question because I know I've been, been bothering you the whole time. I know you don't have a lot of time. I want you to tell me about your funniest moment in the NBA ever. As a coach, as a player, ever. Like, like man, I, like, we're dying laughing. It's so crazy, I can be honest now because I'm like so far removed from playing. I was in the game 
I think I was averaging like nine. It's like I'm getting a little older. And I'm averaging like nine point. No, I'm averaging like 10.1 points per game. Like I'm like the fourth option on the team. And um, I'm like, damn, I got like looking at my stats. Like I got to have a double figure game. And we're playing in Toronto. And um, there's a rookie. He had the ball at half court. The clock running out. Now we down by like 26. And shit, he's dribbling. And, you know, the game ain't over till the game over. So I just, you know, I was like, I put my hand out, like, give him that. Like, hey, man, that was a good game, man. He's like three seconds on the clock. He, like, put his hand back out. I just snatched the ball, took off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, he's stupid as hell. Like, so I took off Yeah, you know, get a fast break. I got a clear path file. Oh, they fought, he, he fouled you. Yeah, he fouled. He grabbed me. He got three buckets. Uh, finished with, like, 11 points. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That was just hey, like I, my funniest I, moment. Yeah, I was like, I'm really tripping out here. I was like, man, I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I was bugging. You was like, man, I don't know I what to tell bugging. you. Man. I was bugging. He's, but it's it's part of life, though. It's like, yeah, it's fun. But, but look up at your process, right? He thinks like, oh, he he wanted to do it to me because <laughs> it's me. It's not even him. It was you. You wanted. It could have been anybody. Yeah. You it just happened it. to be you. Yeah, because you wanted to get like. Yeah, I had to get two more buckets. Two more buckets. Yeah, I was like, it, it just happened to be you, dog. Oh my god! But do you, do you guys end up winning that game or? Hell no, it's down twenty six. <laughs> so we lost by 24, <laughs> 23, you, something like you. that. I'll tell you. Oh my god! And what did, what was the and then <laughs> what was the moment for you? One of your best moments in the NBA? Uh, I I think uh, this. Winning the championship, being a part of that team, um, the best moments I ever had right there. Uh, the sacrifices and everything that's coming full circle, uh, that was that was the best moment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, um, you know, usually we kind of leave the the listeners and the audience who's watching, who kind of uh, either, you know, either a quote that you have that keeps you going every day or a story that always made you, you know, feel like, I got to keep going every day. There's no stopping to it. I would have to say uh, something that stick with me always is, you know, the roar of the crowd is not for you. It's for what you can do. And when you can't do it no longer, they'll be cheering for someone else. So when you end this process and in your journey of, you know, doing everything for the claps and the applause, like yes. just recognize that at some point the, the, the claps will stop and you got to know how to cheer for yourself. So like, Process that and like move with those Man, principles. Some boy, the, the cheers gonna stop. You gotta learn how to clap for yourself. True Man. story. True story. Man, leave us left us with a with a <sighs> with a gem. Yeah, <laughs> always. So respect. Brother, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You can't imagine it, like how big you know you've been part of the of the of the family of the journey. Thank you, brother. And uh to this day, you know, sometimes we're like, hey man. <laughs> God, I was with the, you know, with the heat now, and everything is just happy for you to. Never <laughs> 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 doing this, but just happy for you, man. Just happy, uh, and it was, it was, it was, it was great, man. Thank you so much, respect, brother. Thank you, love, boy. Uh, welcome to another end of the show. Uh, if you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I hope you guys listen. Thank you for for your support. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you want to watch the social clips, you can watch Athanas Sante uh, 43. If you actually want to, uh, if you actually want to follow Coach Karan, my brother, uh, you can go on his socials. I think it's tough. Ju I think it's uh, real Juice. tough. Juice Twitter yes, and Karan Butler on IG and Karan Butler on IG. Follow his journey. 
you know, as, as one of those people who really have things to give to this world and knowledge. Thank you. If you want to watch the visuals, you can watch it on the Gubbers TV. And again, thank you guys so, so much for your support. See you next week. Analysis is recorded at No Studios, Milwaukee's creative hub and production studio.